joining. Hello, I'll do a real quick, real quick intro. I'm really excited to talk with Scott, but we are going to have a short episode today. Um, but Scott, I'm really curious about as you're out and about networking and in the different meetings that you're in, what are you hearing and what what do you know about opportunities for hemp um, in Utah? Well, I, I feel like the the industry isn't real really well understood. Okay. Does hemp does is hemp mean C B D? Does hemp mean cannabis? Does hemp mean I'm putting in my body or does hemp mean I'm sleeping on a pillow with hemp in the middle? Right. And and so the uh, education's at almost at zero from most of the circles I'm in. Okay. What what can we do? What do you see as an opportunity to bridge this gap? I think an association is great, but we probably need to see a company that comes out with a popular hemp-based product. Imagine purple mattress, but made with hemp. Imagine hemp a clothing line. Fabrics. Yeah, yes. a clothing line that's all hemp-based. You know, maybe Cotopaxi makes a whole line of products with hemp. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that when people start playing with hemp, they they think it's like, oh, that must be a stoner company. Because that's and the I just think that's so that's so funny. Because it doesn't have to be. They can it, enjoy cannabis or not, but like it doesn't mean because a product's hemp based that they must all be getting high while manufacturing it. Right. So where, real quick, so that people know, because you and I were talking backstage, um, can you give a real quick intro? Tell me a little bit about yourself. You're here in Utah. I know Scott, but if you don't mind introducing yourself, real quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm broadcasting from the comfort of my bed because I tore my ACL and I am laid up until I have surgery. I love to ski. That's why I'm here in Utah uh, from 25 years. It's been I, uh, I'm a CEO of a company called Wooly. So my my day job is helping uh, brands reach out and work with their advocates. Um, which are usually their customers and our software manages that. So we manage uh, about a hundred of the, some of the really good logos that you might know of Solomon purple, as I mentioned, blend tech, hydro flask. A lot of these companies use us to uh, create an a, 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 ambassador communities, advocate programs, that type of stuff. So that's my day job. I'm also an active angel investor, probably uh, done about 60 angel investments at this point here, mostly in Utah. And uh, I like the seed stage rounds. Uh, so first check usually, um, I and my wife and I have a thesis around education and communication. So those are a lot of the uh, spaces we, we invest in. I love it. Okay, so when we talk about these brands that you're working with, something that I was saying earlier when before we went live, the meeting that you were in and some of the discussion and some of what we know about hemp and the benefits for building supplies and the what it does to the air quality. And in Utah, for those of you that are listening that don't know, our air quality is some of the poorest in the nation, right? Some yeah. of the worst. And I moved, so I moved away from Salt Lake Valley up into the mountains by Park City because of primarily air quality it was it was uh my kids had at, were getting asthma and coughing and so we we came up here and there's no more inversion so this is a real problem in utah mm -hmm. so what we can do now with carbon sequestering and 
um, what hemp does, you know, at our ability to grow it compared to trees, uh, the fireproof, um, the, the ability to manufacture and bring jobs, you know, what we're capable of doing. Where do you see the opportunity for us to bridge that conversation? You know, lay it out where, how, how do we as an association or advocates looking to create jobs not promote the smoke smoking necessarily or the reefer madness message? We just need entrepreneurs that are going into the space. There's so many cause based, uh, you know, for, for public benefit type corporations getting set up. And I just think we're probably at the, I bet you next week we'll find out someone's launching some cool hemp company and, and, and it's just education through growth. So pro a product needs to rise and then growth, uh, and you know, we'll, we'll, and education will come from that. So my, my, my feeling is how do we get, how do we as Utah or somebody give maybe tax incentives? If there, if there's a hemp company making fabrics or mattresses or sequ you know, carbon sequestrian in the Colorado or Arizona, let's get them up here. Let's, uh, let's, instead of scaring them away, like we do with most hemp based products and, you know, like it, 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 you know, all the, all the cannabis industries right next door to us, we have mm -hmm. very little of it here. Well, we're losing out on some of the benefits of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of commerce that could take place if we kind of incentivize people to come here. And so, and you know, manufacturing. Yeah. and manufacturing I mean, we, for sure. We can manufacture, right. And then being able to support our rural areas, look how many of our rural communities, as soon as kids graduate, they move out because there's nothing there for them. Um, you know, we're sitting at the front of a new agricultural commodity and an industrial revolution. And we have opportunity to create tons of new jobs. Um, yeah. So I guess my shout out is to those companies that are exploring, you know, new sustainable options. Um, you know, supply chain was a real issue for anybody with um, a textile fabric, you know, mattresses, yeah. getting things shipped in from other countries, being able to now grow it and manufacture it within the United States. Um, we have this solution. And so, or a I have a meeting today with um, Rachel Nielsen. She runs Rags. It's a big yeah. uh, clothing line for kids. Yes. I'm going to, uh, if you want to send me something, that's how it starts. I share something to her. She might make a whole new hemp line and, uh, she can, she can definitely, she, you know, influence culture a lot with her, with her popularity here locally and, um, online to a lot of, a lot of moms or buy, buy her clothing for their kids. Well, and understanding it. Right. And I think that, um, I'm with you. I actually have some awesome fabric samples here that are U S made U S manufactured hemp cotton blends, um, that are just beautiful fabrics. And so cool. I think, you know, things like that and getting that conversation started, I've talked to a little bit about doing a Q and a type series, um, just giving people an opportunity to hear from other producers like plastic manufacturers, um, you know, building supplies all out of hemp. Um, yeah. fabrics or textiles but do you think something like that would be heard or uh, i mean yeah, understanding I can, and for I those need to do a, a show and tell so okay talk to my friend martin miranda he's got this new event center in draper yeah his company's called events group mm -hmm. you need to go get an event going you know kind of celebrate the end of covid and get all the people in the space in one place and i want to touch these textiles i want to see what's going on i need to see it to believe it so. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that that's with being said too, right? Is 
it's one thing for me to say it, it's another thing to actually see it, right? We've yep. talked about putting even a monolith up of hempcrete that people can walk by or doing a concrete revitalization program where we pour concrete and people know it's hempcrete. They see how it lasts, they see how it reflects, you know, absorbs carbon, the technology can show you exactly what's being absorbed um, or what's happening, how insulative it is. Yeah, but That's hi cool. David. If David's listening, um, he's a great contact, a great resource. He's actually in Utah, up by you, but um, very involved in the agricultural side of hemp and the testing. So tell me a little bit about Utah. How, what are your thoughts? People, I think, laugh all the time. I'm, I'm told all the time that I'm crazy for trying to launch a hemp association or doing this here in Utah because I just don't think that the culture is understood. A lot of the people that I talk to, they're very passionate about it. They understand um, it really is. It's not a, hey, we have this sustainable option that can produce, um, you know, a, a carbon footprint. We can sell our carbon credits. We can reverse our air quality. We can create jobs, you know, generate revenue, whatever this is. As soon as you say hemp or cannabis or they see that leaf, it really is this stigma of, of, of what? How, how do you explain this here in Utah? How do, how do you explain and what does that look like? I, I, I don't know for sure. You know, I haven't been out of state. I lived in L.A. for a year when I was working at Disney and kind of got the idea of how normalized hemp, cannabis, all those things are. It's just not a it's just it's not a head turner like it is in Utah. And so here it's like we're still such a conservative, conservative state. And there's just something about hemp and, and conservative that don't meld. And I don't know what to do. I don't know how to stop that or change that, um, except for time and people like you helping. So I don't. I don't know what you do, but you know, like anything, you probably have to get an influencer or a uh, a voice that kind of a brand. To the, a brand influencer voice, someone that speaks to the conservative base and normalizes it, takes the fear out of it, and and then on top of that, you just have to have old people die. I mean, it sounds really bad, but like generations have to turn over because the kids don't the kids don't have that that uh issue in their heads they're not sitting around and mm -hmm. you know the same with the homosexual uh debates that that are just always hit the state you know these kids are like what, what it doesn't make any sense they don't even get the debate like right let, let the genders do their thing like whatever mm -hmm. people identify how they want Mm -hmm. But you've got a old guard that's, you know, I'm calling the boomers 60 plus that are, mm -hmm. it's just really hard to change these, these people for all and get the minds and, and they're legislating and they're doing the policies and they're doing the, they're the ones that are, you know, on Capitol Hill, they're the lobbyists. So it's really hard in the state to uh, reeducate the, the population um, when the, when the, when the older base is so resistant, resistant, uh, to even just learning these new things. So it's gonna have to come from the ground up, literally like hemp, and mm -hmm. and come from a product and a, and a, and a company and, a, and someone who just kind of speaks to the entire state more neutrally. And then it'll, and it'll, then it'll be, I think then it'll become normalized and people understand the, dif the difference of, of uh, you know, what hemp is as a, as a, as a product to be used in, as a, as a source material in many different um, innovations and companies and ideas versus the uh, the CBD, cannabis, THC realm, which is, 
you know, very much medical and used for, uh, you know, in, in a whole different uh, science than building materials. And so we just got to bifurcate those, set them apart and, and educate people on both of them. But we have the same issues on THC, cannabis and everything. I mean, we're having the same problems being conservative on educating people around those on some of the benefits that could come from uh, that, that usage versus, you know, these horribly addictive opiates that are killing, you know, we have one of the highest opiate, uh, you know, pandemics going on, I think in the nation. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who could be getting off of, which is essentially heroin and being on a much more benign, uh, substance called, called cannabis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that you nailed it. Right. And I think that we walk such a fine line in trying to grow this and it really makes me it hurts me that my own back door is where I spend probably the least amount of time because where the opportunities are, are these states like Montana that have adopted it as a commodity and they're running it as such, right? Yeah. They, they're growing it by the thousands of acres and they're manufacturing it for all different products, thousands, tens and thousands of products are being manufactured. And so, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'm with you though. I think that, and I've said this for a long time, we need brands. We need brands to come on board and say, we're going to support this and we're going to do it. Patagonia has done a great job. Lego. Um, Lego. Uh-huh. Gap. Yeah. Legos, they're yeah. plastic. They're going away from their plastics. You know what would be cool is a, um, a documentary or just a, a short a video that just, I mean, I don't I I'm not educated. I didn't know that plastics had hemp in it. So, yeah, I mean, there's. There's just uh, there's just the awareness factor too. There's people that don't have a care one way or the other, and that's a problem too, right? It's not that they're against it; it's they just don't even know. And so the awareness is an issue too. Well, and I think that that's that's what I think has been one of the biggest is this miscommunication. I was telling somebody one day about the benefits of hemp clothing or hemp textiles and what it does not just for our bodies and wearing it, but the, with the antimicrobial factor or, uh, but also in, you know, U.S. made, U.S. manufactured. And some of this guy says, well, why would I care when I can go to the dollar store and buy a shirt for a dollar, you know, and I buy it for a dollar. And I said, well, what about like human trafficking laws? You know, the connection to our supply chain that's been revealed from hemp was is mind blowing to me that that I think it is just a lack of awareness. And unfortunately, it's my generation. It's it's our generation, right? It's the people that <coughs> we grow up with that this the sustainability and the recycling and it just hasn't affected us. We've been so much more driven by uh, convenience. Yeah, and yeah, so I'd say so. Um, that um, yeah, the supply chain kind of a sustainable supply chain is is i mean it's, it's in the food you you can see it yes. companies like beyond meats and possible meats have made become billion dollar brands by kind of having a traceable supply chain and not so toxic of you know i mean there's all these documentaries coming out about the cost of meat the real cost and the negative externalities are real and mm -hmm. I, I'm not as familiar with the ones on the supply chain and the production of, of textiles and such and how it, how human trafficking is involved there. I just, I'm not as educated. I imagine right. I know that there's, I know there's, I know there's issues out in, uh, 
Southeast Asia for years and years and years on child labor and stuff like that. And I imagine that, I imagine the, uh, it, that leads to trafficking and stuff. So I, I, I don't know everything, but if you don't, if you look at them, almost anything, the supply chains, if, if they're not complete, if they're not making an effort to tell you everything about how their products are raised, uh, made, you know, supplied from even chocolate. I read some stuff about chocolate that was terrifying. And so, you know, we just kind of turn a blind eye, but if they're not telling you, there's a good chance it's not good. And I love that there's companies like Impossible and other, I've seen this egg man, the one that making eggs that's, you know, that's not eggs. And, and these are just great. These are great innovations because they're being built on the premise and mission of letting you know how it's being made, you know, what's, how's the sausage being made, what's in it and where it's coming from and, and what's the externalities, the causal, the causality of their, of their manufacturing and their, and their, and that's why I like Cotopaxi a lot. Locally, we have Davis Smith as a huge advocate of, of like, um, how, how his materials are made, where he's sourcing them from, the people, the lives of the people actually making them. And, and, and I, I just think we need more of that and modeling after that. And we could, and, and then this generation will, it'll, it'll all, it, I'm hoping it'll be one day, a, a kind of a stigma to use a company that isn't being forthright about their supply chain. And that might be Nike getting, getting a little bit stung by, by not being forthright. And so it's, it's good. It's going to take our generation, but it's going to take a lot of education and a lot of, it's going to, we're going to have a lot of suppliers that are doing it right. So we can actually eat and buy the things we need. Um, because convenience is such a strong pull and price. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and I think that, yeah. So how do I knowing or understanding the majority of people don't aren't aware of the benefits for hemp in different end use products. Right. And I would say, look around pretty much everything you see can be made out of hemp. Right. Yeah. And so um, how do we educate? How do I, um, or I, I, let me rephrase that. Where do you see some of the opportunity for product for new hemp product, right? You, you named mattresses, you named, you know, you're very well connected on the consumer side and, and knowing where brands, you know, what are brands and consumers looking for? Um, where should people in the hemp industry really be driving their end use product? You know, if I want to get into this. Well, I've got, uh, I've got five acres right behind my house and I've got 60 up in, uh, another spot here and 10 down. I, I like collecting land because I think land's going to be valuable in the future. I don't know if I can grow hemp on it. So right off the bat, I don't know. Is that a, is that a crop that yields profit? Is it, is my area that we live in even a, a growing area? If people can make money, they'll figure out a way to do it. So if, if, if hemp is an industry that people should be going into to secure their future and make a few hundred dollars a month extra, you'll find a way in there. That's what I've noticed with neighbor neighbors, a marketplace for uh, storage yeah. and it, you know, a few hundred extra bucks for listing the side of your house or your garage for someone else's junk It making real income for people. And hence they're growing very fast. Right. So it's, it's all about the economic opportunity for someone. So I can't really sit here and say, what would it be? But if it's profit, if profits can be made by, growing, harvesting, and using it as source material in a myriad of things, it will find a way. 
uh, you just need to keep going out there, but you need to show people that there's, and this could be entrepreneurs. This could be people with land. This could be people that have marketplaces that, you know, that know how to market things, whatever that is, if there's money in it, that's when, that's when things start to change. That's why Tesla took over. That's why solar's taking over. It finally became economical to get the so, so, you know, the photovoltaics to a point where you're producing enough energy to justify installing them. And it wasn't there in the eighties and nineties. It's finally there. The energy's there. Um, the, the batteries are there with the lithium ions. So once, once you hit this, this, uh, called catalyst of like, it crosses over into being a affordable source material. That's the best thing that can happen. If it's not there, if it costs, if I can go get cotton as an input for one fifth, for one fifth the price of hemp, you're going to, you're going to always be fighting cotton. Just unfortunately right. that's where it's at. So well, I think that you said it earlier though, right? Our younger kids care. Cotton is one of the most, I mean, consumes the most pesticides. It's like, it consumes like 40% of the world's pesticides. Wow. Cotton does. And so I think that piece of education and our younger generations, they know, right? They're, they care. They care what's happening to our land. And so I'm with you. And I've said this for a long time. Hemp is the first time we're able to be sustainable and profitable at the same time. You know, we have an opportunity now. Yeah, on I, our land, I don't know that, you know, I don't know that. So like, I don't know that as a, as a, someone who invests in companies, right? I would look at the numbers and say, great cottons use a lot of pesticide, but it's also 1 million times more than hemp being grown. So what's mm -hmm. the, uh, what's hemp's going to be usage of pesticides once it's an ubiquitous farm crop that's everyone doing it. So I, I don't know the numbers to tell you right now, if it is profitable or not. Um, and, and that, well, I, think that I think that when we look at any new commodity, as it comes in the cost to, to build the manufacturing facilities and to get it off the ground are, they're huge, right? And so I think we're really running up against where our hiccup is in this industry is until we are competitive with wood and cotton or other blends, um, you know, plastics, polymers, is we're not going to be until we have those facilities to manufacture big scale so that we can be on this commodity price. But we really are seeing on the big scale this, it, it's commodity. Um, yeah. how, however, where you can grow it in Utah, it, it's still up in the air, right? Oh, really? It's still, yeah, um, because it's- Legally or-, or um, The way that it's regulated, there's not a lot of separation right now between the industrial fiber and the, the high, low THC high resin hemp, right? They're two very different grows, um, pr produce very different yields, um, yeah. Very my neighbor, my neighbor has a hemp farm, and I've mm -hmm. been watching it. He has indoor and outdoor, mm -hmm. and uh, so somehow he got a license. Mm -hmm. um, but is the temperature? Another question is: is is Utah a great? Uh, what do you call that environment? Environment for the, the hemp for the growth. Um, it can be grown. Yes, um, the the hemp that I imagine your neighbor is growing is it's for the flower, right? Flower or smokable consumables. No, it's I think not... he, he said he's growing uh, the fiber for, Oh, he says he's making, I think the indoor ones, but, but the outdoor one was for the hemp usage for the, like the, the industrial the product. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's why I'll find out. I don't know for sure. Um, 
It looks like bamboo. It grows tall. Okay. Uh, it's very fibrous. <laughs> yeah, that's not this one. Yeah. Um, so it it's a higher yield, lower cost in seeds. It's still it's still a crop, still needs water, but very drought resistant. Again, until we're manufacturing on big scale, is it being done? Yes. Is it going to take a big organization or a big company to come on and say, we're going to do this and we're going to help push this forward in order for it to be mainstream and competitive, pretty soon it will be less expensive than cotton shirts, right? Because we're, and wood is less, you know, it takes 20 years to grow a tree and three months to grow an acre of hemp. And so we're able to produce products at a much faster rate, but the loss of our farmers until we have processing equipment, and especially in Utah, they say within hundred to 150 miles, it's not cost-effective. Yeah, you won't compete, and so it is this chicken and the egg and egg before the chicken. But it's uh, well, you might be a little crazy then doing what you're doing. <laughs> you're answering your own question. You're <laughs> people look at you crazy for trying this in Utah. This is a that's a moonshot. I mean, I'm I'm an intrepid entrepreneur myself, and I I don't know if I could I don't know if I could uh find a way to get through that. It's a, that's a lot of work. It's a long term vision. So I, I hope you I hope uh, you get help from some of the neighboring states and and uh, my, yeah. you know, an association isn't, you know, it's it, you've already done, you've made it. But um, maybe maybe the best efforts is is letting the association live, but trying to become the founder of a company doing doing hemp and you might be sourcing, you know, not Utah's own at first, you might be sourcing from. Colorado, Arizona, Montana, wherever else it grows rapidly. Well, and I think really once the facility's in, then our farmers can grow it, right? Yeah. But, but securing that, I look at our rural areas like Roosevelt, Vernal, where the oil fields have shut down. Yep. Um, you know, that's real opportunity for them right there. Um, and then I think we can really do. Yeah. So long story short, I'm really excited. I really want to continue these conversations and really present some education to what opportunity, you know, why should a company be paying attention to hemp? Why should they even be looking at it as far as a product or consumers? You know, hemp-based products are our kids care. And so our consumers are asking for them. But yeah. I, I, I would like, if you send me after this, I would like the why hemp, you know, one pager mm -hmm. as a product, you know, which, why does it need, does it grow in a different way with less water drought resistance on the skin? It has these qualities. I know you have this somewhere. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's safe for these ways, sustainable, non-moldable, fire retardant, all that crap. I'd love to know all that because I, I can't, I can't sit here and advocate for hemp because I actually don't know anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd love it where, and, and really where I have opportunity is I want to present these experts or give, give these big companies an opportunity to say, you know, who do we go to for questions? If, if we want to know, who do we ask? And so I'd love any of your contacts or anybody that we're working with to an opportunity to present that we have a real game changer. There's a reason it's been gone from us for so long. Well, I say, I say back to my first suggestion, HempCon 2021, do it in Draper. Yeah. I'll give you a bunch of shout outs on, on LinkedIn to get people there. Let's do yes. this. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Scott. I appreciate your time. We'll be in touch. I'd love to send you stuff. Um, when I come back up your way, I'll even drop off some fabrics. So That'd be awesome. Because I've got quite a few. Yeah, um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm often up, I'm up here in the 
Heber Valley or I'm down in Lehigh area. So, okay. and anybody watching this, uh, yeah, thanks. If you get, you know, follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I'll be shouting out Mandy's hemp projects. Yes, please. I'll tag you. Thank you very okay. much. Talk, talk later. Thank you. Bye.